You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Tony here, joined by Daniel and today's special guest, Chris Carter. Not not the real Chris Carter. Not actually Chris Carter. <laughs> don't get ahead of yourselves. But today we've got Chris Carter with us. Welcome, I didn't Chris. even think about that. I, I didn't either until I said it and I was like, well, wait a minute. I better disclose here. I'm a lot taller. A, a lot taller? Or, I, don't, I don't know that. Are you taller than Chris Carter? Do you know that or is that just talk? Yeah, I think he's a short receiver. I think he's like six foot maybe. Well, there you go. The taller Chris Carter. You would have been such a great football player, Chris. Short list today. We're going to talk a little bit about Mac Jones. He came on fire and the world thinks he's the best thing again. Cam Newton's back. We're going to talk about that. Um, limited game, but productive game. Two touchdowns on like four, four plays, five plays, right? And uh, Chris and I made a bet at work about the Colts making the playoffs. We're going to talk about that. And Daniel's going to do the best bets of the week. Anybody have any news they want to talk about before we get started? Nope. Uh, no, I don't, I don't have anything. Daniel, uh, lead us off here on Mac Jones. We talked before. I was at the being at the Colts games makes it so hard to see these one o'clock games. And to be frank, Patriots game got missed. Daniel, you saw it. What did you see? Yeah. So you were watching the first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, this week in Indianapolis, and um, I, I I tend to watch Red Zone now uh, just because I'm I'm more ADD with football. But I got to tell you, out of this draft, who I mean, we were thinking that the draft was pretty strong at quarterback, mostly with uh, Zach Wilson, who looked, you know, pretty talented, could run the ball, could make some really challenging throws like Pat Mahomes. I'm, I'm just going to tell you right now, Mac Jones is the best quarterback to come out of this draft. And I, I think he's going to end up being better than Trevor Lawrence. Um, and, and it's unfortunate because Trevor Lawrence landed in Jacksonville, and I know the, the top quarterbacks always get drafted by crappy teams. Um, but uh, Mac Jones has been super impressive to me. Um, he's making throws that, uh, you know, seasoned veterans sometimes can't make. He has a lot of confidence, it seems like. I mean, he picked apart and murdered a Browns defense that – is very solid and just some of the highlights that he was throwing. I mean, throwing into double coverage and just fitting the ball into a window. He drops back, makes a quick read. He's not even throwing to his first read every time too. Bill has done a very good job of just kind of tailoring the offense around him. And he has been just super impressive. Have you watched any of any of his year yet, Tony? You said you missed this past week, but have you watched him at all? They've had so many early games, man, and so have the Colts. It's really a, the biggest bummer. You know, I, I have to, I would have to dedicate a whole, what is it now? It would be a fourth day to catch up on all these games. I hate to say it, but I've not watched a lot of Mac Jones at all. No, no. You'll see Mac Jones Chris. dominate the Colts here soon, Tony. Don't worry. Oh, he's talking already. He's <laughs> chirping already. Hey, is that game in Indy or is that in New England? That's in it's, New England. Yeah, it's, it's, in, it's in Indy. It is in Indy. It is? Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I was you're right, you're right. I was oh, thinking nice. I got distracted by Tampa Bay and the Tom Brady yeah. thing threw me off. But yeah, you're right. But yeah, how how bad do you think San Francisco is regretting not actually taking Mac Jones since all the pre draft chatter was they were hundred 
Yeah. 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 Yeah, and they they probably they probably should have to be honest. I mean, we haven't seen a whole lot of Trey Lance, who you know is another one of these new quarterbacks that can rush and and throw. But man, Mac Jones just looks so good, and I'll, I'll give Corey credit on that. He he put Mac Jones a lot higher than I did in his pre-draft uh, rankings of being the most you know pro ready, and that is proving to be the uh, the case because I I love Mac Jones. I love watching him. He's got the swagger. Uh, to where he just has all the confidence in the world, and I just love watching it. And it. It's, I hate saying it, I really do, but he reminds me so much of a young Tom Brady. It's just, it's, it's almost eerie. Uh, he just has. Yeah, was, he's, he's doing well. His, I was looking at the stats between Mac Jones and Tom Brady for Tom Brady's uh, first year starting, and Mac Jones is already going to surpass that probably. He, Tom Brady only threw. Let's see, 18 touchdowns. Mac's already thrown 13, and Mac has a better passer rating. And I mean, I think they're doing the same thing with Tom, just running the ball and playing good defense and having Mac Jones, like you said, you know, make those clutch throws that he's been making week after week. Yeah, yeah. I was almost going to hold no Tom's rookie rookie stats like that. So that's that's great. And, and you made a good point. They're still, I mean, it's like the same team that Tom had. They don't have a whole lot of wide receiver talent still. They, you know, their offense is just tailored really well uh, to him and they're running the ball, but they also have, you know, a good, good tight end room uh, that I think Tom has always had uh, since the beginning there. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, that's just, that's awesome. Chris um, Collinsworth is about to do his fifth Super Bowl. The previous four he's done, the Patriots have been there. So, Oh, God. You know, I was going to be pretty critical of Mac Jones. I looked um, I looked at last week versus the Panthers because everybody wants to talk good about a guy who has a good week. But, you know, just the week before, he had 18 attempts, and I think it was 12 of those were completed. 139 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. So I do still worry about Mac Jones. And what I was going to say was that I didn't think that he'd be able to, um, you know, live. I don't think he's going to be able to live up to the hype that he lived up to that, that he did this week against the Jets. But then I look at the Patriots and the way that they've won these games. Only one team, the Dallas Cowboys, are the only team that scored more than 30 points against the Patriots. That became real. When I start, started seeing that, you're right, Chris. The, I, I think we're seeing Bill Belichick's system start to, um, how, how do I say, get new roots, I guess. Uh, maybe there's a new, a new thing here. And you, you might be onto something here. I, I don't think we're going to see this high-flying Mac Jones every week. I, I don't see that happening. 36 attempts is not something that he has done very many times, I think, at all this season, maybe once. I would, I'll go and look it up. But this is not the Mac Jones that we're going to see every week, but, but we have good reason to be excited. I think so. Their starting running back was out. So, uh, you know, it's very easy to kind of change the offense a little bit and just kind of turn the guys that he had into pass catchers mostly. Uh, but Damian Harris was out, and he is off the injury report as of now. So we may see a totally different Mac Jones, but the thing is when he gets the ball in his hands and it's a down that he's going to be throwing in, you can bet that he, do he, he doesn't make a whole lot of horrible, like rookie-looking plays um, like, you know, guys like even Carson Wentz are making. You know, panics in the pocket, throws it sidearm, tries to make something out of nothing, and then turns it, in, you know, turns it into a play that benefits the defense and puts your team in a worse spot. Yeah, I don't see Mac Jones throwing with the wrong hand very often. 
or at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah, dude, what was that? Carson throwing with his left hand. Are you going to dig all pod? Is this going to be a thing for the whole podcast? <laughs> oh, I hope. Constant harassment. <laughs> so we're in on Mac Jones. Nobody's out on Mac Jones. Cam Newton has returned back into the starting lineup for the Carolina Panthers. That's not news. Everybody knows that. Um, everybody probably also knows that his first game as a starter, pres- presumed starter, will be against ex-head coach Ron Rivera. I, I, I watched all of the plays that Cam Newton was in last week. I didn't watch the whole game again. I'm sorry, but I did watch every play of Cam Newton, so I'm at least familiar with this topic. What I saw was interesting. His first touch, he was a big-bodied runner. He did the Cam Newton things that he had done before, the things that we kind of thought that he only could do now, uh, but he did it well. I saw him, I saw him get, uh, he had contact at the goal line and, and outbodied that defender to get into the end zone. So that's good. Uh, immediately his second, second snap, touchdown to Robbie Anderson. That was good. It wasn't all good. I saw him throw away behind DJ Moore for no reason at all. I saw him make a screen pass to a guy that had no defender who got tackled well beyond the line of scrimmage. I mean, I saw some bad stuff there, but I think that that Cam Newton can bring a spark back to this Panthers team that we liked a lot at the beginning of the season. They're a young, fast team. Christian McCaffrey's getting his feet underneath him. I like it. I really do like it. And Cam, I don't think Cam Newton has to be special. I've, I've, in the past, I've drawn criticism, and reasonably so, for suggesting he would be the comeback player of the year. I was obviously wrong. But he doesn't need to be that for the Panthers to get back on track. And I think this is good enough. Anybody disagree? No, I, think they're doing, I think they're doing well because I think at the beginning of the year when they were really clicking, Sam Darnold was playing obviously well before he turned back into Sam Darnold of the Jets. But I think everyone lost confidence in Darnold. So I think that's when their plays started going down because they didn't trust their quarterback. I don't know if you guys saw last week in Robbie Anderson. Last week, the week before, when he was yelling at Sam Darnold on, on the sidelines and screaming at him. But I think Cam Newton's a proven leader. He's still only, what, 32? So, I mean, he's still got life left in him. I think he can go in there and still be a possible wild card team. But if they get JC Horn back with Gilmore, I mean they're gonna to be tough to throw the ball on. Anything to add Yeah. Uh, it can't get any worse than what Sam Darnold was giving us. Um so you know the last time we saw Cam Newton in a full a full game it wasn't very attractive. You know, with the Patriots he he put up some horrible stats and he just did not look like Cam at all. But like you said, he doesn't need to be the old old Cam, you know, the Cam that was um, in Carolina before. He just needs to be uh, better than what Sam Darnold was giving us, and that's not hard to do. And I think um, if he can go in and not make mistakes and help move the ball, I mean, he, when you have a healthy Christian McCaffrey, that, you know, that makes up for a lot of, of bad offensive play that can be shadowed by him. Um, and last time we saw Cam with, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey had a great year. So I, I'm actually excited for it because, yeah, at the beginning of the year, weren't they like 3-0 and or 4-0 and or something yeah, crazy? Yeah, but, yeah they were 4-0 team, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and uh, it's just now they're considered to be like a dumpster fire. <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm pretty excited to see what Cam Newton can bring here because all they needed was some swagger. You know, they just needed it back. And, you know, everybody's still healthy on offense. And like Chris said, they get J.C. Horn back. That's going to be a huge boost because he's going to be great. And then they 
sign, you know, Stephon Gilmore and that defense is really tough to to run on already. So if you can't run on them, you can't pass on them. And then Cam Newton has ample opportunity to to make it happen on offense. I, I think he could really turn this uh, season around without having to do much. I just looked at this. How many game winning drives do you think Cam Newton has in his career? God, he was pretty good. Um, I'm going to say 17. Yeah, he had 20 game-winning drives. Three, he had three of them in 2020 with New England. So, really? Yeah. Wow. Must have been all defense. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, yeah, they're all scoring games. Or I guess one, one they, but the other ones, they didn't score very much. Hmm. But, that's interesting. Yeah, I think I think they might be surprised people with Cam Newton. I don't know. Yeah. Do you think uh, playing Ron this week that he knows too much about Cam and that he knows how to shut him down? Yeah, and that could possibly mess with his confidence. If, but I don't know. I feel like Cam has something to prove since he sat out what the whole year and all these other people were getting chances. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm honestly surprised he went back because they they did him dirty. Remember that yeah, when they I let guess, him go? I think, yeah, yeah, I think the owner's closer with him than that GM guy that let him go was. I think. I think the owner had a lot to do with it because I read something where it said that um, someone wanted to wear number one. To, oh, Stephon Gilmore wanted to wear number one to honor Cam Newton, and the owner said no. And then two weeks later, they signed him. There had to been something in the works. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, so, Chris, you mentioned that uh, Cam can maybe put the Panthers back, uh, you know, back within the radar of, you know, possibly making a run here. A popular team that we talk about pretty often just because we're in the Indianapolis area is the Colts. And you guys made a bet uh, sometime this week. And I'm very much in favor of one side of this bet. But uh, Tony and Chris both made both made a bet as a hundred bucks uh, that the Colts would make the playoffs. That was that was Tony's bet, and Chris was saying the Colts weren't going to make the playoffs. No, so. my, my bet was that the Colts are a playoff team. Say it with heart, Daniel. Say it with your gut. Well, see, here's the thing. I mentioned that I'm one sided on this because I don't think they're making the playoffs. Okay. <laughs> Okay. So Tony, give us your argument. No, no. Why are the Colts going to make the playoffs? No, 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 no. Chris, I'm not getting baited into this by YouTube. Chris is going to no, give his no, argument no, no, first. No. Uh, okay, no, okay, okay, okay. No, no, I'll go. All right, I'll, I'll go. I'll no, no, out. no. Yeah. If, if you agree that this is not a lynching, then I'll go first. You have to promise. <laughs> there's no, there's no lynching here. Okay, okay. It's just facts. <laughs> yeah. Carson had a bad week last week, guys. I'll accept a bad. I'll accept throwing the football with the wrong hand and doing the same thing that you've done at the end of every game that has cost you multiple games and not being stupid. I accept that. But what I saw at the beginning of that Colts game was very exciting to me. This is not the first time that we saw it. Daniel, you and I went. We didn't go to a game together. But we were both at the same game. It was not last week, but I think it was the home game before the last one where you said Jonathan Taylor, they know who the face of the franchise is. Jonathan Taylor came out last. He ran the hell out of the ball. In the first quarter, Jonathan Taylor had, what, 90 yards? Was it something stupid? And, yeah, and 93 yeah. and a touchdown. And, and yes, I, I, want, I do question why they didn't continue to 
feed him the football. But I think this team is starting to get their feet underneath them. A few things we talked about at the beginning of the year. The offensive line was hodgepodge thrown together for the first three weeks of football. It takes time for these guys to, to, to mesh together. And some of them came in from other teams, right? So there's one thing. They're getting their stuff together. Marlon Mack's been inactive now. Now that he's not being traded, they're not really running him anymore. He didn't even play. He didn't touch the field last week. So now that's a running Thank back that we've God. taken we've taken him out of the uh, rotation, and that means Jonathan Taylor's going to get more touches by default. They didn't give Ryan Hines extra. They didn't give extra Until to Hines. Until you figure out your coach doesn't like running the ball. Yeah, yeah. No, I understand that. There's some variables here. <laughs> but I think the team is starting to come together. I feel, I feel good about what they're doing. I feel good about the way that they're – the way they're coming out in these early games, the Colts always have a reputation of playing their opponent and always of, of letting a game that shouldn't be close get close. But they are winning some games and some real games. The pan, the schedule up here is, is pretty favorable. I can see them beating the Texans. What are you talking about? I, 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 the Texans, the Jaguars, um, and I honestly, I think the Patriots. I think these teams match up well together. Anybody can win that. And the the Colts are a more complete team. The Patriots are still rebuilding. I do think that it, I, I really do believe the Colts can beat the Patriots in a low scoring field goal game. So a that rebuilding team doesn't go out and spend millions and tens. I mean, on the first two days of free agency, arguably spend the most amount of money in free agency. That's not a rebuilding team. That's exactly what a rebuilding team is. <laughs> no, they don't. They're not going to go out and A rebuilding and team is going to do it in the draft. Yeah. Well, start okay. Over. okay. Maybe I wasn't thinking about that the right way. You are right about that. I don't. The, these players oh, that the yeah. Patriots signed though are not long term. This is not like long term stuff for them. These are not ten year guys they're signing. This was. They don't ever. No one's ever long term with them. You either play by the system or they're going to cycle them out. Like we said earlier, the Mac Jones thing. They have a system and it obviously works, and they're going to make noise in the playoffs. I think. I, I think it does work, and if they make the playoffs, they can make noise. I, I'm just saying that when I look at the Bills, the Bucks, the Cardinals, I feel silly making the ar- argument, although a lot of people are making the argument that the Colts can beat the Bills. I'm not willing to make that argument this week. But Bills, Bucks, and Cardinals, I've got all those as clear losses. So that leaves me with the Texans and Jaguars they're going to beat. The Patriots, I think they can. And we don't know where, what we're going to get out of the Raiders. So it's 3-3 three and three with one that I'm up in the air off. That puts us at 8-8 eight and eight record, which is not going to be enough to win the division. I think it's enough to be a wild card. I'm not saying the Colts no, are a great team, but I think they're going to be a wild card team. There's there's other way other teams that are. I mean, you got the AFC North who five and five is the worst record in the division, and the, I mean, say what you want about Big Ben, but the Steelers can run the ball and play good defense, and they're going to probably get in over the Colts. I think. I'm going to look up the, the Steelers' schedule because that division has a really difficult schedule. The back half, they're playing each other a lot. I got it right here. I got okay. they're playing. Uh, see, this week they play the Chargers, winnable game. Then they play the, at the Bengals, home against the Ravens, at the Vikings, host the Titans, at the Chiefs, home to the Browns, and at the Ravens. I think that's brutal. That's a brutal schedule. <laughs> I'm serious. Do you guys disagree with that? The Titans seem unstoppable. No, they, they seem, no, like, the, they seem like the best team in football. The char- you said the Chargers is a winnable game, and you're right, it is, but, I mean, what's Justin Herbert's going to show up? I could theoretically see a world where the Steelers don't win another game for the rest of the year. I really could honestly oh, see that happen. No, I'm serious. We're just stretching a little bit on each of these weeks here. I'm not trying to make a grand statement. I'll bet another $100 if they win at least three. No, 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 I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. They could easily win three, three more games. You're right. 
Anyway, that's the a Bengals, tough schedule. All right. So the, the Bengals, what Chris, why are the Colts not going to make the playoffs? There we go. Thank you, Daniel. Point number one, number one, Frank Reich gets in in the way of his own team because, what, like we talked about at work, what he, Jonathan Taylor had seventy five percent of his carries in the first eighteen minutes of the game. I mean, first uh, quarter and beginning of the second quarter, and then they stopped running the ball for some reason. When that's the point is to run the ball and milk the clock when you're up by over two touchdowns. And Trevor Lawrence started out like, I don't know what his stat was off with like six of 18 for 30 something yards for two and a half quarters. And we let that guy, yeah. Urban Meyer, come back and potentially have a chance to win until our defense had him turn the ball over because we have, you know, we forced the most turnovers. I mean, our, our run game is good, turnovers are good, but all you have to do, like, this is what the Patriots are going to do to the Colts. They're going to shut down the run and say, okay, Carson Wentz, go out and win the ball game. And they're going to shut down Michael Pittman and double team him and say, okay, now win the ball game. And what are the Colts going to do? Michael Pittman's double team and he stacked the box. Nothing. Zach Pascal's going to yeah, have a big I, game. Just saying. Zach Pascal. I, big game. Big game. I'm saying it because I, I have to. Tony, you were there. I'm, I, I'm so just Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor had 11 carries in the first quarter. It was amazing. They were up like 17 to nothing. Okay. It was amazing. He only had 10 carries the whole rest of the game. This is a positive game script. Okay. You're up 17 to nothing. And this is, this is against a not so great defense. And all you really have to do at that point is take up some clock, get the win and get out of there. But they found themselves in like a, okay, we got to stop them here or we basically lose the game at the end of the game. I mean, how did they get in that scenario? Why why is Frank Reich doing this with Jonathan Taylor? I mean, you were there. Did you see anything like they just started playing them differently? They started stacking the box. They were challenging Carson to throw it. I mean, what happened? The, the biggest thing that I can think, um, the biggest, most noticeable thing was Quentin Nelson being injured. He was on the field, and he was on the field for a, for a minute, um, and it was an ankle injury. Perhaps and you're asking me for, you're asking me to make sense out of something that doesn't make a lot of sense because I don't see even if they were stacking the box, Jonathan Taylor was busting off big plays. He was supremely. This effective. has been happening all season. Though, it was really. supremely yeah, we've, effective. We've ran the ball without Quentin Nelson. He's already missed a couple of games, and he's ran the ball fine. Perhaps the only theory that I can come up with here, and I'm not saying I agree with it, but Daniel, you and I have talked about this before. What if Frank Reich has this weird obsession with preserving Jonathan Taylor for the last half of the season? Because we're slowly seeing more and more of him, but he's, he does get to the point where he immediately pulls him back in, where he stops, you know what I mean, where he just turns it off and he says, okay, you're done for the rest of the day. And now Jordan Wilkins and Naeem Hines and Marlon Mack and, hell, Zach Pascal, you can have two rushes too. I mean, perhaps... Jim Irsay's not, Jim Irsay's not letting them save Jonathan Taylor for the second half of the season. We're not even in... I mean, we're not even in the playoff hunt where we should be. Yeah, we you got to get there. You're first. asking, you're asking me to justify it. I'm trying to find a reason, and I'm not. I'm yeah, not you're saying not, you're doing a terrible. You're doing a terrible job. You're doing a terrible job. It's a hard task, Chris. <laughs> it's a very hard task. It's not fair. Yeah, oh, I'm him. He's on, he's on the hot seat because he brought Carson Wentz here. He he told Zimmer, "Say go get this guy. I can win with him." Blah blah blah. I can turn him around. I can increase his confidence. Whatever you want to say, give up a first round pick. Go get him. Uh, now you're about to give a first-round pick and probably not make the playoffs. That's really bad. 
list for Frank Reich and possibly Chris Ballard too. Yeah, that will be a bad look. If that happens, that's going to be an absolutely terrible look. You're right about that. Uh, you know what? Last thing about this, where did we really expect Indianapolis to be? I'm going to look at the schedule. Um, first five weeks were Seahawks, Rams, Titans, Dolphins, Ravens. We were projected by Vegas to lose at least four of those five games. Was it not all five? So we were expected to be an 0-5 team from go. And now here that's we are. Not entirely, that's not entirely true. We, had, we were supposed to win a few of those games, but... If any of them, if any of them, the only game that Vegas projected us to win was the Dolphins, and well, so who Vegas well, I understand. I know that. I get it. <laughs> but we're not that far off from what expectations were from the get-go. That's all I'm saying. That's not. That's we all blew I'm the, saying. Blew the, blew the Ravens game and blew the Rams game. I don't Two disagree. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Both of those games were winnable, especially and the, the, and, the and the Titans and the Titans. The one at home. We had that game one too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were up on they were up two touchdowns on the Titans early, and then yeah. stopped giving yeah. Jonathan Stop Taylor the ball again. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose that's true. That's true. Yeah, when you're ahead, you're supposed to run the ball and burn time, not let Carson Wentz go three and out three series in a row. And Jonathan Taylor may be the best running back in the NFL. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I get be. saving him, but my God, you have to you have to win these games first. I get it. You have to be in the playoffs. Like you have to be, you know, if you're seven and three, something like that, you know, then you're preserving your guys a little bit more, you know. But if you're if you're five hundred and knocking on the door of getting eliminated, you can't can't think about saving players. Well, we're not gonna we're not going to agree. Obviously, we made a bet. <laughs> That's fine with me. It, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I, I honestly think that they're going to lose to New England um, just from how strong New England looked, and I think that the Colts can get out-schemed uh, pretty quick, especially since New England, they have one of those defenses that really show up from time to time, and it's going to be really tough for the Colts, who should be mostly one-dimensional um, and have the best running back in the league, basically, that don't want to run it with them. So I think the, I think the Patriots will scheme them out. And I don't, not, I don't, I don't think the Colts are going to make the playoffs, but we'll see. Yeah, we will see. Hundred bucks on the line, uh, Daniel. You got the best bets of the week. You ready? Yes. Best bets of the week. So uh, Corey is out this week, obviously. Um, so I'm going to take best bets to a new kind of um, kind of format here, um, just to kind of replace Corey here with uh, with his picks. He usually picks spreads, and I pick over unders. Um, so I'm going to pick two spreads this week that I like, and then two over unders that I like, um, just to kind of still give you the four there. So my first bet of the week, um, it's actually a spread bet. Uh, Packers are in Minnesota this week. Uh, Packers shut out the Seahawks last week. Russell Wilson first week back, uh, but the Packers they didn't look you know like themselves. Aaron Rodgers was back kind of last second, didn't practice all week. He had um, COVID, um, but he is back. And this is a divisional game, so we never know what's going to happen. But Vegas line right now is Packers minus two and a half. So all they have to do is win by a field goal. And I, I think the Packers will win this game because they're a better team than the Vikings. The Vikings have kind of struggled a little bit um, on both sides of the ball, uh, mostly on defense. But uh, the Packers' defense is good enough to, you know, stack the box against Dalvin Cook and shut down Justin Jefferson and just make it challenging on the Vikings. So 
I think the Packers win by at least a field goal here. So I'm going to take Packers minus two and a half um, at the Vikings. Uh, my next pick here is an over-under bet, um, and it's Cowboys-Chiefs. Um, should be the game of the week. I mean, it, everything is kind of shaping up to be uh, just a high-scoring affair. Both defenses are very questionable. Um, we mentioned earlier in the podcast that the Patriots put up, you know, 30-plus points on the Cowboys just a few weeks ago. Um, so, I, you know, both of these teams both put up 40-plus points this past week. So I like where their confidence is both at. Uh, Pat Mahomes is seemingly back uh, with this Chiefs offense already. Uh, but the over-under is 55-and-a-half. Um, I'm going to take the over on this. I really do like it. Um, I think it's going to be easy for both these teams to put up some points. And uh, this should be a very good game. Uh, my next bet here is uh, another spread bet. It is uh, Pittsburgh going into L.A. Uh, to face the Chargers. I actually like, even though we said earlier that the Steel, it's a winnable game against the Chargers, the Chargers have had a bad game, uh, probably the last two-ish games, but I think they get back on track here. Um, we don't know if Big Ben is playing or not uh, still this week. He does have COVID, uh, but the Chargers spread is four and a half. Uh, they're favored by four and a half. I'm taking the Chargers. Um, so all they have to win by, you know, five, six points, I, I think that's a good bet, especially at home. The Steelers have to go cross country and play in L.A. I do like the Chargers this week, um, minus four and a half. And then my last bet here, this one makes the least amount of sense probably with uh, through the four of them, uh, but it's Ravens-Bears. Now, traditionally, both of these defenses are pretty good. Both of them have kind of struggled as of late. And Justin Fields has kind of come into his own. They're fresh off of a bye. I think they've had time to um, just kind of incorporate him in the offense. And the Ravens give up a lot of big plays. David Montgomery is back, um, seemingly healthy. He's off the injury report. And Lamar and the Ravens just got embarrassed by the Dolphins. So they are going to want to put up uh, some points to let everybody know that they're still a contender. Uh, the over-under on that one is 45-and-a-half, and I'm going to take the over, actually. Um, but I, there's just something about this game that just tells me that the Ravens are really going to show up and the Bears are going to try and make it a game here. But, um, yeah, Ravens-Bears over 45-and-a-half. Chris, anything to add? No, I, I, think the, I think the Packers get back to Braga this week, too, don't they, Daniel? Uh, who is it? Sorry. Uh, their best offensive lineman coming off injury. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, and I, I think they'll also. This is going to be the Aaron, uh, sorry, AJ Dillon game with Aaron Jones uh, being out again. They're already saying he's doubtful, so I think uh, AJ Dillon is going to eat the Vikings alive. Um, so just just wait for the AJ Dillon breakout. It is coming this week. There you have it. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two, three. Three.